Let's talk about exalting Africa. beautiful you are listening to episode 113 of the africana woman podcast my name is trulu your host i am a storyteller by design commander of words wellness entrepreneur and coach sis are you new here hey every time somebody is new here we have a party hey hey <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome. Where have you been? We have been waiting for you. Yes, you. You have officially joined that family you never knew you needed. You are about to have those conversations you never knew people had. I am so excited for you. Click the subscribe button and tell somebody, tell somebody about this amazing podcast you just discovered. And to you, our loyal listener, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your continued support. Special shout out to Deborah Njuka for her inspirational review of the conversation I had with Mwanga Kayuma, episode 112, about investing in yourself. Okay, I cannot hold it together. I am so excited to share some news with you. Let me put it this way. Last week, I felt it in my spirit that I should do something, okay? Now, as you know, I live by the principle NO, which is an acronym, and O means operate in obedience to what the spirit or God has instructed, right? So I told my son, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Now, a day later... In our Africana Woman book club, there was a whole chat about, you know, creating a container to have deeper conversations on certain topics. And I thought, hmm, it's a sign. So I put it out there. I said, hey, guys, you know, this is what I've been thinking about. The response was amazing. So a day later, things got into motion. I am sure you're wondering, what is this thing? So the big announcement is... Okay, so the Africana Woman podcast is going on tour. Ah, yes, 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 yes. We are bringing the conversations that we have right here on the podcast to you. So we're coming to Kabwe, Lusaka, and Kitwe. Please tell your friends about it. Tell everybody about it. We have amazing guests that are lined up in each city. Now, here's the thing. Yes, it's a podcast tour. But, but, there will be no recording. Mm. Why? Because I want you to be comfortable. I want us to have a real, real guys, real conversation and not worry about, oh my gosh, who's going to see me? Who's going to find out what I said? None of that. We're going to go deep. So if you want to be part of this experience, all you have to do is visit our website, africanawoman.com to get your ticket. You do not want to miss this. By the way, if you want to collaborate with us in any way, please do reach out. 
Africana Woman Podcast is going on tour, guys. Ah! Okay, 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 okay. Bring it back, bring it back. Contain yourself, girl. <laughs> now, you guys know there's a book club. In March, we read No Be From Here by Natasha Omokodian Kalulu Banda. And it's a story about, it's a story that focuses on a family separated by immigration, riddled with family secrets, and the effects of that. Now, the review was quite interesting, and it was nice because the author actually came for the review too. I bring it up because one of the main themes is the question, where is the grass really greener? Is it in Africa or in developed countries? Or as the book puts it, where is the El Dorado? I remember making a point to ask us, the people in the in the review, and I'm just going to put it out there for you. I remember making a point to ask us, you know, as Africans, we need to begin to consciously exalt Africa. I know that it's easy to focus on the negatives and what's not going right. And that's because we take for granted what is magical about this beautiful continent of ours. What if, just what if, you could choose to shout praises about Africa and begin to install that pride in your children? I love the conversation that you are about to hear because Mwai Yaboa has found a way to exalt Africa at an international level. It is truly inspirational. Take a listen. Mwai Yaboa is an acclaimed Zambian-born creative director author, event producer, and powerhouse entrepreneur whose life work centers around advocating for her home continent of Africa. She is the editor-in-chief at 54 Magazine, a first-of-its-kind quarterly magazine aimed at preserving and showcasing Africa's culture and lifestyle. And she is the founder of Exalt Africa, an umbrella brand that houses her prolific portfolio of travel, consulting, and event production services and products, all of which exist to share Africa's untold luxury and local-born talent with the world. Her list of accolades includes being named one of 2020's most influential people of African descent, a 2020 Women for Africa Award recipient and Women in Business Award. When she isn't on stage speaking at global conferences or producing jaw-dropping editorials across Africa, you can find her at home in the UK curled up with her husband and son or exploring local coffee shops. I am so excited to welcome Mwai to the Africana Woman podcast. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for the lovely introduction. I never know what to do when people are kind of like talking about me, saying poster syndrome, so like, okay, do I smile, do I care? But thank you so much for having me and I'm excited to have a chat with you. 
Oh, no, I love to say the um, the bios because I think so many times, like you're saying with the imposter syndrome, how, you know, yeah. as women, we're not ready to brag on ourselves. And I'm like, don't worry, I'll yeah. brag for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I hide behind my coffee shops if you look at my Instagram. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I know what you mean. Now, I know you've got this beautiful company, um, Exalt Africa. Now, yeah. When you, I guess, were starting to think about, okay, let me get into this working world, you know, was that the first thing? Like, how did you get here? Oh, gosh, no. (laughs) Not at all. So I come from a very interesting family. They are all scholars. And I grew up with, you know, a father and I'll also say a friend who was literally like um, a scholar. So, you know, I think it's in, I won't say in all African homes, I'll say in most African setups in terms of the white collar jobs. So, you know, my my dad went from like, you know, being a lecturer to dean of schools to a vice chancellor. So it was kind of like that way. And then I have a brother who's a lawyer, then I have a brother who's an economist and, you know, assistant accountant. So, you know, obviously growing up, I thought that's what I was um, kind of like expected to be in those lines. We never spoke about creativity. It was like, okay, you're either a doctor, lawyer, an accountant, that kind of stuff. Um, so being abroad, I was studying accounting business. And I was like, okay, that's because for me, I was like, okay, most of what I wanted to do has been taken, if if you know what I mean, in terms of the family. So I did that, finished, and yeah, I started work, but it wasn't something that I always wanted to do. I did feel like something was missing, um, and I actually didn't even tell my family that I changed careers, if that makes sense. Went back to school to do what I'm doing right now, which is like um, events management and business. So it took me a while to tell my dad about it, and then he asked me a very important question. He says, but who told you that I wanted you to be an accountant? Like, and for me, that was like the defining moment. I was like, yeah, who told me that? And then we had this kind of conversation about, you know, the future and what I wanted to be. And he said, but no one told you. And I didn't tell any one of your siblings to do what they're doing. They decided to do it because that's what they wanted to do. And, you know, I always support you whether you want to be a cleaner, you can be whatever you want to be as long as you're happy. And I realized that because we didn't have that conversation, it was more or less like seeing, and I used to see how hard it would work and, you know, everything was like, you know, you need to go to school, you need to go to university, you need to do this. It was a process. Like after secondary school, you go to university, you graduate and you start a job. And I thought that's what was expected of me. And, I realized that there are so many opportunities here, like, you know, being an events planner, wedding specialist. I mean, we get sometimes more money compared to what a doctor would make when it comes to, like, maybe if you do, like, high-profile events. I'm not saying it's always like that. I'm just saying like, most of the time, especially if you're well-established. And when I was working at home, I realized that that's not the case. And I realized that because if you look at how the upbringing is in like in a lot of African countries, they advocate for the white collar job. So even when you look at like associations, there's a law association of Zambia, engineers and stuff. But creatively, there's nothing. There's no creative school. The government does not support the creative industry. Most of the people um, 
who are in the creative industry also have another job. So they can be a nurse, but also doing like I don't I don't know their core. A carpenter is also a teacher, and I'm I'm talking from experience because I have friends who who are in the creative industry at home who have like a full time job, and also they call this as a side gig, but it shouldn't be a side gig. And what I realized is when I started coming home and um, family, even some friends are asking me what I'm doing and when I explain, I mean, I had comments like I wasted my talent. If it was, you know, like if I were you being given that opportunity to travel abroad, I would have done this. I started feeling like I don't belong. And all of a sudden, I wasn't sure about the path that I decided to take until my dad told me, listen, you can't let people make you feel a certain way about the career you've decided to choose. So if you want to show people how good your career is, bring it home. Because where you are, you are happy. I mean, I've done events in a lot of countries, even continents, right? And it's been a privilege to see how other events are done in beautiful destinations. I mean, I have done royal weddings. I've been a, a, a part of like some of the world's biggest weddings that are in the media. And, you know, I feel very fortunate that I've been part of those projects. So how do I explain that at home? And that's when the whole thing started. So I said, okay, if I'm going to do this right, I need to bring it back home. It was a scary time because I had to not really quit. I had to stop focusing on doing events in Europe and start doing them home. But for me, home wasn't just saying, oh, I'm going to do the whole of Africa. I have to learn how to, you know, you have to sit, learn to crawl, walk, then run. And you know the saying, charity begins at home. That was the thing I was like, I need to, if I can be successful in my home country, I can be successful anywhere. So hence I started bringing the events home. So I also needed to respect that, you know, home already has other events planners. So I can't just come in and say, oh gosh, this is not how you do things. So for me, I realized that there's a gap in the market of bringing people from outside into Africa. So I said, you know, I'm going to keep the, the local vendors as they are with their local clients. I need to respect that and respect the boundaries. But what I can do is bring exposure to my country by selling the country, telling people what my country is about. So I'm a destination um, events planner. So then I then bring in people from other countries into Zambia and to say, come and get married in um in Zambia, this is what we have to offer. So this way, I'm bringing in revenue. And this way, the events that I do, because most of my events are kind of like high end, I'm able to also bring in these, like the, the revenue, not only just to these resorts that we we work with, but also to the locals. And very slowly, I started coming things in Zambia. But then the one thing that I realized that because you know, it's not a priority to be an events planner, um, a musician, um, you know, a decorator, florist in Zambia. It's not anyone's fault, but it's just not there. I realized that it can be a bad thing for my business because the sort of weddings that we do are literally high end where, you know, people want multiple day events and they expect like luxury and for me luxury had to be redefined for home at first I'll bring in lots of roses and things like that and I realized okay in as much as I want to do that what does it say for that local vendor who's inspired by my work and they can't afford to bring in these flowers and I realized that I needed to do things properly so step back 
and said, okay, let me use the local resources. So I'm actually one of the first events planners to actually start doing this. I use fruits. I use dry things. I use things that we have from, you know, beans, okra, cabbages. Like I use, if you look at the events that I do at home, literally use whatever we have that season to do the, the decor. Because I'm a true believer that this is the best way to sell what we have locally, even in the local towns. I realized it wasn't just weddings that I wanted to do. It's commercial things that I do sort of telling stories um, because you know when when you Google on like when you when you go on Google and say I want to uh, get married in Italy you'll find beautiful venues try that for Africa my goodness me if it's not about disease or and this is like very annoying or you just find a still image and I realize that okay how am I going to convince someone to get married in my country or bring their conference or festival so I I started reaching out to venues and said, let's tell a story. So the stories that we tell are venue, what is there locally? So video and voiceovers, uh, this is still because we're capturing emotions. We want someone to click on that video and say, I am going to Zambia because I want to experience that. I want to feel that. I want to sleep in that room. I want to go to that market. I want to dance with those people. So that's another thing that we do. So 90% of the stuff that I do is made locally and I hire them out. So from chairs, tables, linen, even cutlery and stuff, I decided that if I'm going to do things right, I'm going to do local. And of course, like I said, I do bring in some stuff that I can't source locally or that we still can't make. But for me, I'm advocating for that local craftsman or local craftswoman to make sure that when we showcase an event at home, the stuff is sourced locally. So um, this is how Exot Africa was formed because I realized that it's not just events, it's not just commercial, it's interiors, you know, it's showcasing to the world which, you know, which uh, hotel or venue they can go to for their honeymoon experiences, weddings, it's a book. So Exot Africa houses eight brands and each brand is all based on the ethos Exhorting Africa, but firstly, of course, for me, it starts with Zambia, then the other one to talk about what it means to be uprooted like me. I'm uprooted from Zambia. So that's what Exhort Africa is about, about exhorting Africa, like the name says. Yeah. What does luxury mean to you? I'm glad to say that because I do not like hearing people say, I'm a luxury fan. I'm like, yeah, but exactly what is luxury? So, just a step back, um, and uh, I'm probably going to get like a lot of people say, oh, what was she talking about? The thing is, a lot of people uh, like associate luxury to, you know, glitter and gold, Gucci's and, you know, like, I don't know, besides, I don't know, whatever you call it. And I see that a lot, especially with like my fellow African counterparts. And trust me, I was like that. I had to learn in terms of like what it means to um, do a luxury event. And for me, I'll give an example. Luxury depends on where you're at. So luxury in Africa, for me, I'll tell you what, is weaved into our culture, weaved into our tradition, weaved into who we are as a people. The minute you change that, and let me just explain that. So if I go to Italy, what is luxury to them? It's their food, it's their culture. Like you cannot 
tell an Italian to not set up a table with their tomatoes and their grapes and stuff. You can't. I mean, even their food, you know, their olive oil, their dipping of bread and stuff, that is part of their culture. Even their, like, most luxurious weddings. I mean, George Clooney got married there. Did you see the menu? It was literally an Italian style. So you can't change that. That is like that. That's a luxury. So for me, when I when I started looking at what sort of events am I doing back at home in in London, luxury is literally like boom, all out and all this kind of stuff. Luxury is weaved into who we are. Luxury is about even the customer service. It's how you are planning that event from the time the client approaches you. Luxury is your branding. It's a face of a brand so what is your brand experience for your clients from when they find you whether it's on instagram on facebook on tiktok on your website how are you presenting yourself to your client do you look like oh gosh you just woke up and you've got problems i i really do mean that you know like how is your brand what is your brand communicating is it very clustered because remember even the rich have got um, their own preference, the people who are really rich and they're going to show you that they're rich and others you won't even know, they're just wearing like a you know, white t-shirt and stuff, but literally it's their lifestyle. So luxury is also kind of like maybe your lifestyle. So as you look at the questionnaire, the little things you can actually implement, that is luxury. So on your budget, you're putting those little things and trust me, they will pay for it because they're realizing that you understood, you heard. So luxury is moved into the lifestyle, not what people see, but how it makes people feel. Um, so for me, it's always from how my brand is represented to the customer service experience, to when they email me, to the language that I'm using, to the service I'm giving them, to how I'm making myself available, but also communicating to them to say, this time to this time, I'm not available, you know, and they respect that, not WhatsApp and all these kind of things to when they come home, what am I showing them? And that's another thing that I have to be careful what I'm showing them. Just like any country, there's certain areas you want to bring them to. And there's the people who are really invested and say, I want to see the, the markets and all this kind of stuff. So I make sure I send them this report and say, okay, I'm going to take you here, but I'll give them the pros and cons, you know, not that I'm scaring them, no, because I want to make sure I'm protecting the place that I'm coming from. And trust me, they appreciate that. By the time they finish the experiences from the culture experiences we give them to just everything that they experience, that is a luxury feel into how we do our events. Even something as in pasta, we make it look so luxurious. So, but how you present it, this is, you know, would you just straight there? Or how would you use it when you're doing your setup? So luxury is living to the emotions for me, not just like putting a sequin tablecloth or, a, I don't know, a martini vase or something. That's also okay, but what is it telling? You know, you can use the same decor for the same wedding, but it's about how you add the finishing touches. What is it that you've added that is very personal to that client, if that makes sense? And that is literally like a, a luxury um, thing for your brand because clients want to feel, they want to experience. And for me, I always say, how have I made my clients feel? What has been the experience? They have to walk away saying that was worth traveling, changing those planes that was worth it to bring in our guests to this country. It's the feeling, the emotions, yeah. I have a hundred questions, but it's okay. 
I'll get to them. Okay. Sorry, God. <laughs> so you have started, um, you just launched uh, a magazine. But yeah. you know what? I have to ask you this. Everybody is saying like, you know, like, is it print media? Magazines are going out of style. So why a magazine? Why have you added that? Hey, why not? Let me tell you this. Africa is happening why not now, right? I am a true, listen, like I would say this and I'll give myself an unqualified title, but I'm a true advocate of my beautiful continent. And with everything that I I do, I still needed to showcase the beauty of who she is, but also my country. And when I look at other publications and I'm saying, okay, they're doing it, but have you ever been abroad and do you have a magazine when you see that Vogue, GQ, Cosmopolitan? Have you ever seen a magazine that is a true mecca of the African culture? Why is it that when the French are eating the snail, like, ooh la la. But when I'm eating Vinkwala, people are like, hmm, what is she eating? But I thought knowledge is power and I needed to really shout out to the world. And sometimes, you know, um, when you go on TikTok, there's so many things that a lot of people comment on. You know, there's this African culture or tribe. I think it's from Ethiopia. They have this big plate and a lot of vowel comments on there. And I'm thinking, no, this is who they are. You know, like it's been passing generation to generation. Who are you to comment on these people? But, you know, uh, when the Italian word, this, you go, oh, this is really nice. So for me, it started from there. I needed to, one, educate people about who we are from our fashion to our music to our food just everything but also needed to make sure that i represent the africa that is unseen to the world because like i said luxury for me is literally the traditional stuff that that's sexy that's what i want people to 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 see who are the movers and shakers of africa in african the diaspora but also i don't know Africa on my own. So hence, I had to team up with like the world-renowned photographers, foodies in Africa and the diaspora and friends of Africa. And Africa isn't just Southern Africa or North Africa. So hence, for the magazine, I'm editor-in-chief, but I've got like, um, you know, the uh, Southern African editor, West Africa, North Africa. I need all the stories to be in there. And when you talk about print is, you know, I know what you mean, like, you know, it's not really popular now, but listen, this magazine is a collector's magazine, it's a quarterly magazine, the quality of it, listen, it's like, you just get the magazine and just go, oh my gosh, because what's in there is gold, it's not just like random paper, we're talking about gold foil, silk and mud. But also the the colors in there, you won't appreciate it when you look at it on screen. You have to flip and go, oh my gosh, this is everything from our fashion, you know, tradition to the ads to music. There's conversation that will leave you like asking for more. You know, I have a lot of conversations, um, <laughs> you know, and we see like, you know, different people on different covers. Um, I don't want to mention names, but let me just put it out here. Like, you know, you see this beautiful, um, you know, black woman and they've used the wrong color, wrong foundation, yes. put her in this awful dress and you're like, 
What? <laughs> and then I can think of like at least three covers, like in the last three months, which were, we, we yeah. were like, Lord, like really, who was on that? <laughs> but I mean, I say this to, um, to, I guess, just advocate and even just let people know that I really, really believe that as Africans, we have to make our own standards. Like we yeah. have to have something that we are aspiring for. And it shouldn't be like, oh, I want to be in Vogue. No, how about I want to be in 54 magazine? And that's yeah. like an African brand. I feel like as Africans, we need to have, we shouldn't just be looking at, I want to be in the Oscars. I want to win an Oscar. I want yeah. to win the no, like we should have our own standards of things that have been made for us. Cause I mean, let me not even go on about like food where like the Michelin stars don't even, they don't even come to Africa. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. because we don't have a store. So they don't even consider African chefs. And I'm like, we need to make our own. <laughs> so my, I think my prayer for you as um 54 magazine is that people would look to it as the gold standard for African magazines or places to be featured and just to go and see who we are in its 100%. true magical essence, you know? So I think when you were speaking, like I could see that and I was like, I was like, yes, this is what we are always talking about. It's like, sure. my friend. like, yeah. And I, I kid you not, like, you know, no one is perfect as you know, but there's one thing about me and that's something that I don't think anyone will ever take away from me. And I'm stubborn like that. Like I'm passionate about what I do, but also I know that what I do is different. I know that I'm, I'm weaved from a different cloth when it comes to Africa because she lives in me. And, you know, I, um, you know, people kind of like, drink or smoke or I don't know, eat chocolate, whatever gets them. Woo! For me, it's creating, it's creating home. So the ideas that I constantly have, oh my gosh, like, you know, and when I see something, like, oh my goodness. So yeah, I, I 100% agree. There's no place like home. Just there's no place like Africa. It's happening. And there's just so much potential. And if only, like you said, we can stand on our own feet and realize that, we don't need a backbone to be featured here and there. If we can just be proud of what we have and use it for ourselves, trust me, people are looking. And I think that's one of the, um, the things I'm hoping for for 2023 that yes, in as much as we're just starting, like other Africans will be like, yes, let me, you know, let me work with you guys and let me not take the the talent there but i know that's gonna come with like trust you know building a brand that has got integrity and stuff so i'm not running um i, I said i will still crow and walk but i am praying to god that um yeah it's, it's gonna be a brand that a lot of africans will be proud of inspired by but also a legacy for all africans in africa and but also the diaspora as well why it has been an absolute pleasure. Please tell us how do we learn more about you? How do we get more of why? And then how can we support you? Like where are we gonna find our fifty-four marks? Like hello. <laughs> okay, so I'm glad you first let's talk about how you're gonna find the magazine. You know the funny thing, remember what I was saying, charity begins at home. Funny enough, like Zambia has been one of the hardest countries to get the magazine in Zambia. 
it's always like that, but I'm not giving up. So in Zambia, I have been fortunate to work with the Royal Livingstone and they're going to supply the magazines. So if you're going to stay at the Royal Livingstone, you will find the magazine in the room. So I don't take it lightly that they have believed in this dream. Uh, Bookworld as well are looking into having that. You'll find us in South Africa, in Spa and Woolworth. You'll find us in the airports. You will find us in the United Kingdom. You'll find us in Germany, France, Australia, Canada, United States, Ireland, and in Dubai. So that's for print. And then for digital, you can pre-order right now by going to www.54mag.com and the magazine will be ready um, for download on the 10th of January. We have our own app. Um, so that's the magazine side. And then if you want to find out about what we do, how you can get involved, um, like, you know, Exot Africa, just go to www.exotafrica.co.uk. You'll find all our brands there and what we do. And then for social media, just find me at, at JustMy. So JustMy, and you see everything that I do. And my bio has got a link to all the um, brands under the Exot Africa mother brand. Thank you. Love, love, loved it. Learn so much. I'm sure if you're a listener, you probably want to you probably want to go back and just re-listen to some of the things that Mwai shared with us. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate you taking time. I mean, guys, if you are listening to this, we are recording um just after Christmas, so it's been like a hectic, busy period. But my managed to make some space in her calendar and I'm just so grateful. And I'm wishing you and Exalt Africa, your whole team, um, an amazing 2023. And yeah, can't wait to see the next things that you do. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been a pleasure and honor to be on your podcast. And likewise, I hope everything that you dream of comes to light. Uh, in 2023 and yeah I'll be rooting for you on the other side so thank you so much it's interesting when you leave your home country and go to a developed country I'm not going to say the west because I think the east is just as phenomenal uh, you you get there and you think you're, you're leaving your country behind but when you get there, everybody, and I mean everyone, is asking you, you know, they're asking you questions like, oh, where are you from? What is it like? And then you have to take a second to just be like, hey, hey, I'm actually an ambassador. I'm an ambassador of my country. So what is it that I really love about it? Only then do you realize the things that you took for granted. Let's keep it real. The reason you went to that developed country is because they did a brilliant job of marketing themselves and selling you a dream. That country benefits economically because you are there. Now, imagine, imagine if instead of sending your children to an Ivy League university, you spent that money on a prominent African university. Instead of going to Dubai to sit on a yacht in a bikini, 
You swam in crystal blue reefs off the African coast. Instead of eating from a Michelin star restaurant, you ate the local cuisine at that restaurant that has been in existence for five generations. Like Mwai said, luxury is not bling. It's a lifestyle. And we need to find ways to keep money circulating on the African continent instead of exporting it to further develop the West or the East. Hmm. Now, you know, when I was thinking of creating retreats, I made a very deliberate decision to say, I want to have destination retreats to only, only African countries. I want Africans to explore the beauty of our home in a way that you have never experienced before. I want you to see Africa with new eyes and really fall in love with who you are at the core, which stems from the land that birthed you. In September, we are going to Marrakesh, Morocco. I particularly love the juxtaposition of traditional and modern existing side by side. And to also see the craftsmanship that has been passed down through generations, which I hope inspires you to think differently about the legacy that you are creating. I hope you would join us on our ultimate Africana Woman Experience Retreat in Marrakesh. Reach out at africanawoman at gmail.com to sign up today. Guys, please give Mwai her roses. Find her on Instagram at justmwai and tell her you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast. This is a snapshot of the conversation that I had with her. The woman is a deep well of wisdom. You know, we talked about so much. What I love is how everything that she does, everything that she touches is so interwoven. You can listen to her from a creative perspective. You can listen to her from a business perspective, from a female perspective, and there is so much to draw on. As an Africana woman visionary, you get exclusive access to the full interview. Head over to africanawoman.com or email us at africanawoman at gmail.com to become an Africana woman visionary. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. My playground is Instagram. Find me at Chulu by Design. Take a screenshot and post this on your status. Telling people about the Africana Woman podcast is the best way you can support us. Thank you in advance. Until next week, this has been a production of Africana Woman Media.